just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is the Debbie Happy Hour, episode number 89. My name is Skip Newton, coming to you from Egan, Minnesota. And my co-host for today, as always, from North Carolina, Matthew Jackson. I call him Obi-Wan. What's up, buddy? Man, we're in the middle of football season, man. We're doing great. Oh, it's finally here. We actually have news to talk about that is relevant to college football. It's it's glorious. I mean, not all glorious news, but at least it's real news. We, we are back in the time where there's not a single weekend without some sort of football being played, and I am absolutely here for it. Uh, finally. Yeah, it's been... It's been a long off season. I know we as Dynasty and, and Devi and Campus to Canton players enjoy the off season and the draft talk and the draft and the mini camps and then all of our different times of drafts and it gets us through. But man, that that dead period between, you know, the end of your rookie drafts and the start of training camp where there's just nothing happening is it's really hard, and I think I think Twitter, Twitter is is reactionary to that. Where where people they just get they get bitter, they get mean, because everyone wants the same thing. It's like okay, enough, let's have football. I tell I tell you what, the best thing though about being so deep into fantasy football and doing this podcast with you is there's never really a dead period for fantasy football. You're always you know diving into film, or you always got something to look at. And I think. Uh, one of the biggest lies that I told my wife when we got married is, don't worry, honey, football season's only five months out of the year, and then you got me the rest of the time. And <laughs> I'm still I'm still making up for that one. I'm still having to explain that right. football season's not exactly five months out of the year. S- surprise! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my wife has finally adjusted to the fact that it, fantasy football really never ends. It just goes in, you know, in, in cycles and... And, you know, I've got a couple of, you know, now I'm getting into live draft season. So I got a couple of those coming up and she's like, good grief. When is it over? It's like, it's never never over. (laughs) That's the secret. I'm always angry. (laughs) And you love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always angry. I'm always drafting. Uh, That's the secret. (laughs) Well, I, uh, I took the liberty of writing down a few newsworthy items in the Debbie space today because it just kind of popped up on the timeline and thought people would appreciate this in case you missed it. One of the ones that you know, he is not a big Debbie option, in my opinion, LSU quarterback, Miles Brennan stepping away from football. So the reports are because he didn't get the starting job. He's not going to play anymore. That may or may not be true, but the true part is he's not going to play anymore. I don't think this should really change. I mean, nobody should have really been expecting Miles Brennan to be a good Debbie asset, but it could open the doorway for somebody else. So, and it's LSU. They have wide receivers. So, who throws them the ball is definitely relevant. I think the most interesting part about that too is, even though he's stepping away from football, he's still stepping away with all of that NIL money that he made in the offseason. He doesn't lose a dime of that NIL money. So that's oh, that's a really nice. interesting tidbit with that NIL stuff going on. And I wonder if that might change the NID NIL deals moving forward. Right, like. Hey, part of the deal is you, you have to keep playing. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, come on, buddy. This is how this works. So uh, another one that I know will be probably more near and dear to your heart, Texas wide receivers are dropping left and right due to injury. I believe there's two, if I'm not mistaken. It's 
Tillman and Naor. Am I correct that both of those guys have, have suffered injuries since last we chatted? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, most recently, Nayor, and that hurts me from a Debbie and C to C aspect because I had I was really invested in Isaiah Nayor, um, the deep threat uh, for Texas. So that it, it makes it interesting. Xavier Worthy is just about the only wide receiver option on that team now. So I'm I'm interested to see what his stats are going to be at the end of the season. And, and it and it gets to another guy that's currently not with the team, but is on campus. The you know, um, Ajay Hall, and we'll talk more about him later, but it would have been a massive opportunity for him, but he has been, I believe, suspended from team activities indefinitely. So His head's, uh, his head's not quite screwed on straight. He's still trying to, trying to get that figured out. Hopefully, you know, he's young. <laughs> it's like maybe this will be the wake-up call he needs. I don't know why he was suspended, but... Yeah, eventually you got to you got to figure things out because you're you're not doing yourself any favors if you're not on the field. And a note that I saw today in an article, it was about Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen. And I know that that you and I have been what I'll call a little more skeptical of of his ranking and how high people have him on their list for for quite some time. I'll admit the more I'm watching and reading, I'm starting to kind of come around to the the more of the positives on Allen and and at least realizing, okay, I need to definitely reassess this because it feels like I'm on an island here with with, with you. But the article was was really talking about his off season workouts and and he's working with running back specialists on you know lateral movement, route running, acceleration, second and third level moves, like when he gets past the line, things he can do to to beat guys and he he did drop a little bit of weight to try and make himself a little bit quicker but he didn't want to you know cut down too much because part of what makes him great is how big he is and you know I'm sure a lot of guys do this right but I just wanted to put it out there as you know we we were just talking about a Jai Hall a guy that doesn't have his head screwed on straight and needs to figure things out this guy strikes me as a guy that absolutely has it figured out and is willing to do whatever it takes to be a better player. And, you know, everyone talked about how young he was last year playing the, you know, the season at 17. It's like, okay, if he's got it figured out at this age, man, what, what things that you might find are, are critical parts to his game. If he recognizes that and is willing to work on that so hard in the off season, man, that's, that's nothing but stock up for, for his value because that, that means that, that this guy gets it and he puts in the work and he could be really, really awesome in the future. Yeah, I mean, like he hits everything that you want him from an analytical profile. He's got the size. He's got the age-adjusted production profile. Um, and put up crazy stats last season as essentially a high school senior. My only my only problems with him throughout this entire process is he he just he has bricks for feet and he doesn't break down defenders well in, in the second and third level of the field. Now, if he's willing to work on that and he puts the work in, I mean that 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 changes things a little bit for me. Um, if, if he's willing to show that okay, this is an area, this is a weakness that I see in my game, I'm going to go out and work on it, and I'm going to make that a strength of my game. Well, all, all of a sudden, I mean, if everything starts to come together, th- then maybe he he starts to justify that high ranking and that high draft capital that everybody's been giving him. Um, I, I I did I couldn't justify that myself because of that the flaws that I saw in his game. But if, if those flaws are being cleaned up and he's working on those, then that changes things in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, I one hundred percent totally agree. And the, the last piece of news just caught this, you know, right before we we hit the record button. Uh, Miami freshman running back Trevante Citizen suffered a significant injury. I don't know any more details than that, but it doesn't sound good. Um, you know, who knows how long he'll be out. Yeah, that that hurts too because I was I was pretty pretty heavily invested um, in Trevante Edison. I, I liked his film as a true freshman a lot. Um, that opens up the door um, for some of the other backs on the roster. Um, blanking on the other guy, um, it's going to come to me in the oh, middle. Of, it's going to come to me in the middle of this podcast. I know it. Yeah, um, though there. Yeah, we'll we'll go back. But you're right. Miami has quite a few running backs. They're usually pretty good about that. So someone, it's a it's an open door for somebody else, but. Right. I, I definitely have him in, I think, a couple of C2C leagues. I did pick him up in one really deep, deep Debbie league. So that is that is disappointing. But it's early, you know, and, and running backs don't need to, to come out and 
and strike hot in their in their Jalen Jalen Knighton is who I was thinking of. Oh yeah, there you go, Jalen Knightland, Knightland, a very good, I believe, second year player, sophomore, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah. All right, on to the main topic for today, and we thought it would provide a lot of value to go over some of our own Devi draft history and really focus on the the biggest misses in Devi that we've personally had and our greatest hits. And really the the point of this is to show everyone, you know, A, you're you're not going to hit on on every player or every pick that's just the way Devi works it doesn't matter how much time and research you put into it and how good you are at film analysis it just doesn't always work out that way and and that's one of the big ones and the second one is you know how you can define success in Devi and then you know how that how that really plays itself out you know on your on your dynasty roster really treating that player or pick as just another asset that you can use to build your team. It doesn't need to be a guy that you draft as a Debbie player and you wait for him to get drafted. And then he finally is in your starting lineup uh, scoring fantasy points. Of course, that's what we want, but there are other ways to turn (laughs) Debbie guys into fantasy success. So just wanted to mention that. So really quick, we've defined a hit on a Debbie pick as follows. One, obviously, if the player goes on to be an established NFL player and he's scoring points for your team, that's that's a clear hit. Number two, if the player gets good draft capital, so we define that as a, a quarterback in round one or two, and or or any other, like I'd say a running back or wide receiver, day one or day two, and then a tight end, you know, you might go as as deep as round four to, to call him a hit that that really it's really tougher and doesn't mean that that guys that you had aren't hits if they don't get that draft capital then you know then sometimes you have to you have to look at situation uh Damian Pierce at Houston is a, is a good example right everyone loves the situation Tyler LG or Atlanta great opportunity you could almost say okay those those guys at least right now are hits now you might want to trade them and get get value for them while they're still hot, but we'll talk about that more later. But that was what what we we're thinking there with the draft capital. And then if you if a guy is still in college and his value increased since you drafted him, then that that is already a hit. He's already increased in value, so you could do something more with him than you could when you then you know he became more valuable than the pick is what we're trying to get at there. So. That's kind of where we're at with the hits. Um, other people might have other definitions, but that's what we like. So we're going to start off with the, with the negative, with the misses. And Matt, why don't you kick us off with your first guy as a Debbie miss? So uh, I'll have to say that this whole this whole example has been eye-opening for me, and, it, and it's been crazy to kind of go back through all of my drafts and go, really, I drafted him above this guy? Like, I... I don't know what I was thinking when I entered that draft. So it, it's been it's been really eye opening for me. Um, the first guy, and this this is a guy that wasn't necessarily a draft, but it was a trade. Um, if you remember correctly, uh, it was a trade that that I had last season for Saquon Barkley. Um, part of the trade was Saquon Barkley for Garrett Wilson and Eric Gray. And at the time, Eric Gray's stock was right around a, a second round startup second or third round startup. I really liked Eric Gray, phenomenal pass catcher, really, really electric in the open field. And he was stepping in into an opportunity in Oklahoma, in an Oklahoma offense where I thought he was just going to excel. Um, flash forward to the season and Kennedy Brooks just completely took over that offense. They had some QB dynamics, which Spencer Brattler didn't end up playing the entire season. Caleb Williams came in, that that turned into more um Caleb Williams ran a little bit more. Um, it was a more heavy, heavy running back by committee approach. And, and Eric Gray didn't do what I thought Eric Gray was going to do. Now, that the jury is still out on Eric Gray. He could still potentially turn it around the season with Kennedy Brooks off to the to the NFL. He, he's the most experienced back on that roster, so he has the opportunity. But there's some other backs on that roster, true freshmen, that I like as well. Um, he's lost incredible value since I did that trade. Um, so that's clearly a miss for me. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, who knows, maybe he can, he can resurrect his value, but yeah, it's, it's not been as what we were hoping when he went to Oklahoma, because everybody kind of got excited about that one. Uh, my first one is back in, I believe it was 2019 and it was a startup and 
I had I had picked two oh five, and I took Tyler Johnson, uh, University of Minnesota wide receiver, and really loved his game, and got drafted by Tampa Bay, and it just has not panned out. They continue to use other weapons, and it just feels like. It's, it's never going to happen. He didn't get the draft capital, so he didn't hit there. He's not producing, so I'm, I'm calling that a, a big a big miss. And the, the bigger part of the miss there is I, I looked at that draft and realized that shortly afterwards, J.K. Dobbins and T. Higgins were drafted. So big time ouch on that pick. There, there's been several, several – during this entire process, several times I've looked at that draft and gone – Gone. Okay, I could have had, I could have had this guy. So I'm right there, right there with you. And Tyler Johnson is just a, he's one of those um, unfortunate, unfortunate guys that fell into a bad situation. I mean, he got drafted by Tampa Bay, and at the time that wide receiver core was just absolutely nuts loaded. Um, so I mean, it was just hard for him to get any playing time. I really liked his film coming out, uh, but definitely not what you expected, anticipated from his Minnesota days. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a bummer. So your next guy is a shared one for both of us, and this isn't going to surprise anybody. But go ahead with the uh, the quarterback you have next on so, your list. I, I think this is a shared one for most of our listeners as well. Um, I, I believe that most of our listeners feel in our pain that they either drafted DJU one hundred one or one hundred two at several points in the startup. Whether you liked DJU or Spencer Rattler, one of those guys were going in the top two, and I I, I wound up holding on to several shares of DJU after this season. And right now you you're, you're lucky to sell him for higher than a 17th or 18th round startup pick in CDC leagues. Um, just absolutely killed draft stock. Um, that offense sputtered, um, did not look like the DJU that we saw his freshman year when he stepped in for Trevor Lawrence, didn't make good decisions. I mean, the, the offensive line was horrible. He, he didn't get time to pass the ball. But when he did get time to pass the ball, he just didn't look good. And, and, Right now, they've got Cade Klubnick that's coming in, who Cade Klubnick might even take DJU's job before the season's over with. So I'm not really sure DJU is going to regain any of that value. Definitely not the 102 startup pick that you were paying for him a year or two years ago. Yeah, I got him in 2020 in that same league and took him at the end of the third round. Um, It's only a three-round Debbie draft every year, so got him at the 310, but... Man, was I looking like just gold after he filled in for for Lawrence, like you said, and you know even got a couple of offers for him, and that's that's when I should have moved him right then and there for for value, and that's one of the lessons that I'm gonna I'm gonna harp on a couple of times here tonight, where you know if a guy's value goes up, it's nothing wrong with with you know taking your win and and adding a, another piece that you like, especially in this case where. He was a minimum of two years away from the NFL draft. So I mean, there were several you know, offers going around where you could have gotten a guy in the NFL on a starting roster. Oh. Right. Yep. And it's you know, it's just one of those things where I look back on it, you know, and obviously hindsight being twenty twenty, but I I was in that mode at that time of oh no, I can't I can't you know trade my my Devi studs right. He's you know five star. He looks great. He's going to be awesome. And it's you gotta. You gotta be able to to get your value when you can. So yeah, that's a that's another one for me. We both had DJU. Why don't we go to your next guy in the list? And this is this is a this is one where I I have him in a league too. I was like, oh, that's right. Darn it. <laughs> He's one of those guys that you 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 look at him and you go, oh yeah, I remember him. <laughs> um, Baylor Cup out of. Was Texas A&M? I'm pretty sure he's transferred now. I don't even remember what team he's on right now. <laughs> um, that says all you need to know about says, Baylor that Cup. That says all you need to know about Baylor Cup. I mean, he came out and his his composite rating, um, his two four seven rating, um, was right up there as one of the best tight ends that came out since Greg Olson. I mean, he his pedigree when he came out. I mean, everybody thought he was going to be the next great tight end, and injuries have derailed his career. Um, he's had several several leg injuries, and he just he was just never what we thought he was going to be. And I, I got him late in several drafts. I mean, I was picking him up everywhere, and and the later round of Debbie drafts, thinking I was outsmarting everybody. And turns out that I was I was just playing the fool. And I think a less the lesson to be learned here, and we've talked about this on the podcast several times. Um, when tight ends break out, I ha- I have no problem drafting a tight end in Debbie. 
but but playing the tight draft the tight end game before you even see them on the field is a dangerous dangerous game to play in the game of every fantasy football yeah yep you got to be really careful it's it's a tough it's a tough one because they're so hard to to find my next guy back to to wide receiver and back to that same 2019 startup uh pick 211 took tylen wallace who is basically i think he's sitting on some nfl roster somewhere but he's so buried nobody knows what's going on you're not hearing any news about him and again guys that were taken just after i took him at 211 you know just just some random random uh guys with success lately uh, a fella named Najee harris might have heard of him amon ra st brown and this this jalen waddle guy supposed to be pretty good so yeah that that stings big time and them Oklahoma State wide receivers that everybody was chasing a couple of years ago. <laughs> Gotta oh, love man, that, that whole bunch all went in the tank. Gotta love them. <laughs> that's, got, that's got me a little worried about uh, Shetron this season. Everybody everybody is really excited about him. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Is that, is that just in the next Oklahoma State wide receiver that fizzles out in the NFL? <laughs> right. Yeah, speaking of uh, wide receivers that – Boy, talk about fizzling out quickly. Your your next guy, and I remember how much we both loved him. And man, it it went south in a hurry. So this this was a lesson that I learned. I, I've taught myself a lesson, Skip, in fantasy football leagues, and it's not always to chase the big guys that are fast. Um, and it, it, it it's to to make sure that you're not ignoring obvious you know drop issues and hands issues. And that was what we chose to do uh, when we were looking at Tamorian Terry. Uh, we saw the hands issues. I, I, I'm sitting here and I remember several podcasts where me and you said, you know what, he's got some significant drop issues that I think are going to be a problem at the next level. But he's he's big and he's fast, and that's going to be such a nightmare at the next level. Um, so so I drafted him in a few places, and that has just come back to bite me in the butt everywhere I've had him. I mean, I, is he even in the NFL right now? I don't even know if he's playing right now. Well, um, he had legal troubles. He's done. Yeah, he's out. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, it's it, just, it, that, that was, that, that was one of those, I mean, you have a few of these cases, you know, occasionally we're just like, what could have been? And he, he's one of those, what could have been cases. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my next guy is, is back to that same startup round three, uh, pick eight Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, the running back that ended up going to Tampa Bay. And I had an opportunity when he got drafted Everybody was his, all over him. <laughs> his value went up. It was a great situation. Everybody loved it. And that was my window to say, all right, this is a hit because he got the draft capital and he got a great situation. I should have capitalized and moved him. And I did not. I, I had, I think I only had him as a Debbie asset in one league, but I know I drafted him as a rookie in, a, in another. And I'm pretty sure he's on both of those rosters still. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm, I haven't moved on yet, but it's it's coming because <laughs> I, I, I so, just don't see it so, happening. So what, so what I'm hearing, me, me and you are kind of, we're learning different lessons. My lesson is sometimes I avoid things that I see on tape um, for, for other skills that I like. Um, that That's what I'm having to learn. That's what I had to learn um, a few years ago. Um, what I'm hearing that you're, that you're trying to tell the people that, that are listening are, you know, don't don't get caught holding the bag. If, if you see the value rise, take advantage of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and to continue what I've done with my previous three, I could have had Garrett Wilson who was taken shortly after who, of course we haven't heard a lot about Garrett Wilson, but still first round pick, he's going to be a starter. I just, yeah, it's, that would have been nice. All right. The next guy, uh, we already mentioned him, Texas wide receiver, Ajay Hall, is on your list. Uh, tell us about about Hall and how you feel about him. Yeah, so I was looking at some of my startup drafts, and um, what one of them I drafted a Jai Hall, and I believe it was the third round. Um, he, it was it was after his Alabama pro game, uh, pro, um, spring game, where you know you remember he just went absolutely nuts in that spring game, and everybody was all over a Jai Hall, and I I bought into it and and I drafted him, and if you if I looked at it later on, and a few picks later, um, I can't remember who it was, but um, it might have been uh, it might have been Xavier Worthy. I think that went off a few rounds, a few rounds later that I could have had. Um, 
a couple rounds later that I could have had. So, I mean, I just, I, that was a lesson that I learned where I was like, I, I, I bought into what the community was saying about a player and there were some other things, you know, not having his head screwed on straight. We talked about some things that we couldn't exactly, you know, tell him getting into fights with coaches him getting into legal troubles. You can't really, you can't really predict that. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the warning signs were the there warning signs weren't time, there. So right? you can't predict that. Um, but, that was an opportunity that I had that I could have sold high and I, and I chose not to. So, yep. All right. My last guy, uh, in a 2020 Debbie draft, uh, at the two ten took master Teague. And of course he completely bottomed out. I think he had a, he had a, Oh, I know he had a, a major injury. I think it was an Achilles. Um, but, but I especially wanted to bring him up because I, I actually dropped him. And I did not hold on to him. I I needed roster space and said, you know what? With that injury, I'm out. I just I I wasn't wasn't willing to try and figure that out. And I'm bringing that up because there are times when you just got to cut bait uh, on a on a Debbie player, and it's okay. Um, again, they're not going to all work out. There was no way I was going to get anything for him in a trade. I mean, he just had zero value with that injury. So ended up being a complete and total waste of a pick and uh, could have had Bryce Young, unfortunately, but would much rather have him on my, my Debbie roster. So yeah, that's, that's my last, my last big miss. I'm kind of focusing all in on one league. Cause that's my oldest league. You've got one more and it's not horrible. So I just want to make you, really understand that but you can go go ahead with it, your next it, it's one. not a horrible one it, it technically doesn't even qualify as a miss because this guy still holds value and he's going to get the draft capital i think so it doesn't qualify as a miss but i'm going to mention it just because of who i could have had um there was one league um that i drafted zach evans in um and, and i love zach evans and i think he's going to get great draft capital he's going to be a great nfl back um but three picks later travion henderson went off the board and looking at that now, I'm like, you know what? I'd much rather have Travion Henderson than Zach Evans. And I knew how good Travion Henderson was. But I was like, you're going to get Zach Evans earlier. He's going to be in the league earlier. He's still a good bag. I'm going to take Zach Evans. And not a bad pick, but, you know, you're looking at the value now. I mean, Travion Henderson is going to step into the NFL as a top five back. So, Yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to continue this comparison because you're talking about who could be the RB2, the freshman RB2, or rookie RB2 next year in Zach Evans versus the, in my opinion, the clear-cut RB1 in 2024 as far as a rookie goes. So, Well, you're, you're, play, yeah, you're playing be, that year's game. I mean, you're getting them a year early, so is it still a miss if you're getting somebody a year early that's going to still hold that value? So it's, yeah. it's going to be mean, interesting so to compare it's, them. It's not a miss of a pick, but, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean... Most people, if you if you have your Debbie running back list, most people have Travion Henderson ahead of Zach Evans. So from that perspective, but again, if I'm gonna miss like that, I'll take those misses all day long because at least at least you drafted somebody good. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead off the uh, the the first the first success, especially because I keep talking about that 2019 startup. And my first pick was actually really good at 108. I, I took Jonathan Taylor and. I really don't need to expand on that. That was that was a win. I was a little shocked that he fell to me at the eighth pick in that draft. So he's the RB one in in dynasty right now. So I'm surprised he fell that, that late. I mean, good. for the college production profile that he was putting up, I mean, two thousand yards just about every season. The fact that he fell to the eighth pick is a little wild. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a smash pick. I was like, okay, there's no reason for me to pass on this, and uh, and, and this was my first Debbie league, so I was I was a little gun shy, but but yeah, I had to. Had to jump all over that. How about how about you? Who's your your first big hit? So one of my first ever Debbie picks, um, going way back when. Um, I haven't been playing Debbie too terribly long, um, but I've been playing it long enough. Um, one one of my one of my earlier picks in Debbie was Justin Fields when he was a freshman going into Georgia. Um, didn't get a didn't get much playing time. He was coming in and he was doing some QB rushes every once in a while. But he I drafted him as as a senior going into his freshman year. I was like, I just, I know this kid is special. Um, I've seen enough of his film to know that he's different. Um, first round, first round NFL draft capital, starting quarterback in the league. Didn't look dynamic um, his his rookie year, but 
a lot of that is Matt Nagy because Matt Nagy is a terrible coach. Um, and I don't think Justin Fields is being utilized the way he needs to be utilized. But, I mean, easily where I got him, I mean, I was getting him at the at the end of the first round, um, going into the second round and some of my Debbie startups. I mean, smash, smash pick for me. Yeah, that was clearly, especially when you got him at that spot. I mean, before he even transferred, that's huge. I mean, to, to get a guy that gets drafted in the first round, he's going to be a starter this year. And I think reports out of camp sound pretty promising. So I like that. Uh, the next one on my list, and this is a good example of a, of why he was a hit, even though he is absolutely not providing any sort of fantasy goodness whatsoever. And that's the, the, one, the one more pick from that same startup at 202. I took Jalen Rager. And, of course, first-round draft capital. So he was a hit at the time. And had I kept him on my roster, he would have turned into a complete and total waste because you're never starting him because he just hasn't been good enough or consistent enough ever. But I was able to move him, and I, I gave up him and Anthony Ferkser, and this is a two-tight end league, which is so Ferkser had a little more value at the time, and I traded them for Traylon Burks. So kind of reset my, my, my age on that, got a player that now has first-round draft capital. Of course, you know, remains to be seen if Traylon Burks is – going to fulfill that potential, but I sure hope he does. I got him in more leagues and probably any other rookie wide receiver. So the point is because of the draft capital Rager and because I was willing to, to learn from the past, I was able to move him while he still had some value remaining from that, that first round draft pick. So, um, under the spotlight, um, I want you to be honest with the listeners for a second. And did you choose to sell him? After our, our huge debate on the podcast a couple years ago where me and Shaq went at it and he said that Jalen Rager was one of our best picks and he was going to be our dynamic alpha wide receiver for us. And I told, I went off on a tangent saying that Jalen Rager was the worst pick of a generation and he was going to be a waste of a pick and not worthy of a roster spot. Is that when you decided so, to sell him? <laughs> so, yeah, to, to remind people, you know, Matt is a Philadelphia Eagles fan and I'm a Vikings fan. And so when when Philly took Rager, Matt did not like the pick. I didn't I didn't like it either because I I was hoping we would take Rager. Well then we took Justin Jefferson. And I was and, pissed. <laughs> and boy, did that did that work out well. I did not did not think that would work out the way it did, but but yeah, Shaq and I were, were saying how good Rager was and you were you were right. We were trying to talk you off the ledge, but <laughs> that was I was rightfully on that ledge, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can't hit them all, right? So it it happens. All right, who do you, who do you have as a as your next your next hit? And I will I will say that this is another shared one. Yeah, this is the, this is a shared hit for both of us because I remember talking about this guy on a podcast as well, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Out of the trio of the wide receivers that were coming into Ohio State. This was this was a shared one that me and you were all over. We were like, this is the guy that you want to own. And I took advantage of that. Um, I drafted him in several places. On one place, I got him in the fourth round um, of, a, of a Debbie draft, his freshman year. And now, I mean, it is the wide receiver one um, right now in Debbie, um, arguably. I mean, some people might have Boutte up there. I personally got JSN. Um, his value has absolutely, without a doubt, risen from that fourth round draft capital that I got him at. Um, and that, that's definitely a hit for both of us. Yeah. I'm, I have him in two Debbie leagues where I drafted him after his, his freshman season. So he had not had the huge sophomore breakout. So absolutely calling that a, the win. he's, he's either one or two on most people's 2023 wide receiver ranks. So and I'll yeah, go ahead and JSN. tell you guys right now, um, everybody's drafting Marvin Harrison and Marvin Harrison is going to be that guy. Kayon Grace is going to be that next Jackson Smith and Jigba guy that absolutely breaks out as a freshman. So if you have not I, had a Debbie draft right now, Kayon Grace is your guy. I I got him in one Debbie league thanks to your advice. I of course picked him up in a in a C to C league, but I can tell people too in those C to C supplemental drafts he went early in the wide receiver rankings, and we're talking about a uh, one of my leagues, my survivors league, with just a bunch of 
you know, real sharp Devi minds. I mean, the, the, I've mentioned them before, you know, Ray Garvin and Shaq and Matt Hicks and Brandon and Felix, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm Travis, the, the list goes on. Yeah. He went, he went quick. So that, that says all you need to know. It's, this is not a guy that the people should be, uh, should be fading. I'm going to combine my next two because my list is a little bit longer and because they're kind of in the same boat. Uh, Brees Hall grabbed him, but he had, he had already established himself as a good college running back, but he's got the first round draft or the, he's got the draft capital and, and the, every opportunity with the jets first running back off the board. And then Jameer Gibbs, I've been high on him since before he played it down, but I, I took him and his value has continued to improve, especially with the transfer to Alabama. So a couple of running backs there that, feel pretty good about that. And you'll notice, you know, a lot of my hits seem to be running back. So at least I'm, I'm doing well in that regard. See, I'm the opposite. All of my hits uh, I found out seem to be wide receivers. I should probably stick to wide receivers. Um, Sounds like we should share information with each other more often so we can really dominate. We should should talk talk more before our drafts. (laughs) Right. And we're only in one league together. So it's like, come on, we can figure this out. (laughs) Um, One of my, one of my biggest hits, I think um, I, I have, I am no, I, I, I am no stranger to uh, shares of Devonte Smith, and if you know anything about me, you know my love for Devonte Smith. Well, I I grabbed three shares of him after his junior season, um, especially after he went off. If you remember, Skip, that game where he had 274 yards and five touchdowns in that Alabama game. Immediately, I went, okay, who is this random guy that just went off for five touchdowns and almost 300 yards for Alabama? And at that point, nobody was really talking about him. Everybody was like, ah, he's, he's, he's small, he's skinny. He's, I mean, he's not a guy that you really want to pay attention to. I was like, nah, nah, I think I'm going to watch some Devontae Smith film. And I grabbed three shares of him going into his, his senior season. And then we all know what happened to Devontae Smith his senior season. And then he got the first-round capital. And now Devontae Smith is one of my most owned dynasty players right now and he's holding the value um he, he's definitely busted through that ceiling of oh he's just a small skinny guy oh the bmi um whatever the weight um he, he's broken that stereotype and he had one of the best wide receiver seasons uh, as a rookie in philadelphia eagles history and he's going to put up easily over a thousand yards this year and that's one of my biggest hits and devy to date yeah he he really did not get as much publicity last season as a rookie wide receiver who did really well because of, you know, Jamar Chase and, and Jalen Waddle. But he had a very good, you know, first year in the NFL. And I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway, you know, for our listeners real quick, where do you stand on the argument or discussion of is is Philadelphia the the trade to acquire AJ Brown? Is that good for Devonta Smith, or is it is it bad for him? How, where do you think that? Oh, it's absolutely great for it's great for Devonta Smith. Um, you, if you watched any of the, of the Eagles games last season, Devonta Smith was the only wide receiver that we really had on our roster. Guys were shifting double coverage. They were putting a safety over top of Devonta Smith because he could blow past that first guy, and you needed the extra over top coverage. Right now with A.J. Brown, people are going to have to respect A.J. Brown on the other side. You're going to have to respect Dallas Goddard in the middle of the field. And Devontae Smith is the type of route runner that he's going to consistently get one-on-one looks against a DB. And one DB is not going to stop Devontae Smith. I mean, the way this guy runs routes, he's going to consistently get open. And a guy that can run clean routes, get open. I mean, the A.J. Brown trade does nothing but good for Devontae Smith. And he's already built the one-year chemistry with with Jalen Hurts. Um I'm not worried about about AJ Brown in the slightest. I think that I think the Jalen Hurts takes a step up this season, and I think that they both feast in that offense. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. And the only the only you know potential negative that I see is if is if Jalen Hurts doesn't improve as a passer, then he they might not have the the passing game to support you know a lot of you know wide receiver or pass catching weapons from a fantasy perspective. But that can be absolutely a short-term thing, right? I mean, yeah. that that could be a one-year thing. And you, you know what say, happens you know what? if Jalen Hurts doesn't look good? We've got two first-round picks next year. And we move up for a quarterback, right? And that's or or you know, you, you who knows, right? But the point is, they've set up their team with whoever goes under center already has weapons available. It's like the exact opposite thing that Chicago's doing with Fields. It's like, no, nope, we're gonna 
we're gonna let you have the one dude, uh, the Mooney that looks good, and the rest of your guys. It's like, here's Vils, Vils Jones. Good luck. That um, this, this has anyway, been, this has been our best offense, and not to go on a tangent, but this has been the best looking Eagles offense that I've seen in years, and I'm, I mean, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I, it it should be it should be really good. I mean, in in. Hertz can be that. Well, I think he's going to be a, a great fantasy quarterback. He just needs to get get better at, at passing the ball, and I think that will make him a good NFL quarterback. And then, you know, wheels wheels up, man. He's going to go crazy. Uh, my next guy back to, back to running back. I did I did draft uh, Travion Henderson. You know, as an incoming freshman, so before the breakout, so clearly already a hit. I could trade him for massive value right now if I wanted to, or just leave him in my you know, on my taxi squad and, and, and wait as my, my dynasty running backs start to get a little older, but you got to love Travion Henderson, especially if you drafted him, you know, before his freshman season. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more you can say about Travion Henderson. He's going to be a top five back. I mean, great pick in that late. I mean, it's phenomenal. Uh, moving on another wide receiver. Um, of course, um, Skip, if you remember, I, I seem to give my, my Matt Jackson stamp of approval, to one player every single year. Uh, two years ago, it was Tank Bigsby. Um, this year, it's Kayon Grayus. Last year, if you remember correctly, it was incoming freshman wide receiver for Texas, Xavier Worthy. I was absolutely all over this kid. I said, this kid is the most explosive wide receiver that I've ever scouted. Um, he's going he's gonna to absolutely light the college world on fire. This kid is dynamic, and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And what does Xavier Worthy do? He steps into Texas his freshman year and, and lights Texas lights the stat boats on fire with, with a, a less than adequate QB room. Um nothing against Casey Thompson, but I'm not I mean I mean he, he, not that not that great. Um th- this year they've got um they're stepping in. They've got Quinn Ewers that's going to utilize his deep ball, that's going to utilize Xavier Worthy's speed. We've already talked about the injuries that are there for Texas. Xavier Worthy is probably one of the only wide receivers there that, that can really do much for for the Texas offense. I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see what Xavier Worthy does this season. And, I mean, I was getting him. I mean, Skip, I was getting him in the, the fourth, fifth, sixth round sometimes. And, De- and Debbie drafts going into his freshman year. I mean, there were not many people that not there were not many people talking about Xavier Worthy uh, before his freshman year. Now everybody's talking about Xavier Worthy. Yeah, and the the key there is you were you were grabbing him in Debbie drafts, right? You know, and you know, campus to Canton supplementals is different because all the the top rated freshmen get taken. I mean, you get pretty deep in those drafts, but yeah, you were all over him in Debbie, and that you know massive hit. He's he's the number one guy in 2024 on most people's lists some other people might throw in you know either you know Marvin Harrison Jr you mentioned him some people really like Mario Williams but yeah Worthy exploded and you just gotta love everything you saw from him last season so yeah fantastic hit there my last guy's wide receiver we already talked about but Traylon Burks I got him in a ton of leagues and you know first round draft capital so he's a hit I I will admit it's it's not um, it's not one of those things where I'm ready to to try and get my value for him now. I I think I think people are overreacting to, to camp news, and so I'm willing to to hold out through the some of the negative stuff we've heard because I think I believe in the talent, and I believe that Tennessee, because they took him in the first round, are going to use his talents as wisely as possible, and I just. I just feel that that good about Burks, and so I'm willing to I'm willing to risk that that he might be a bust because of the negativity. Because I I don't I just don't see it. I I gotta believe that he, this guy has enough enough physical traits to be successful. I'm just I'm so confused about Traylon Burks because I know what I saw when he was in college. I mean, just alpha, such a dynamic threat, and then he hit the combine, and then you hear all these reports coming out of training camp, and you're like, is this the same guy? Like, I don't remember any of this happening when he was in college. So I'm just, I don't know where to stand with Traylon Burks. I really, I really hope he figures it out. And it's just all noise. It's all camp noise. And he's the player that we thought he was. Cause I like Traylon Burks a whole lot. Yeah. And the, the one thing I did here, cause I know there were reports about the mini camps where he, he wasn't in the greatest of shape. And I believe, I don't know if it was his college coach or somebody there said, you know, we've seen this with him and 
he he's always ready for the start of of camp in that he he gets ultra serious and you know all of a sudden he shows up and everything's fine and he's this great athlete and so he knows how to take care of business when it when it counts I, I, am, I am concerned that during the preseason game, I mean, Kyle Phillips was obviously playing over him, but he was coming in with like the third team offense if you watch yeah. that game. So that's a, that's a little concerning. Yeah, I, I don't like that either. And, you know, I think I think getting back to the the other point, you know, if if it's one of those deals where he, you know, he turns it on and works hard when he has to and gets in shape. It's like, man, you're you're young. You can get away with that. But you probably want to establish a better work ethic consistently. Like, don't, don't do that. You know, it's like, come on, you're, you're a professional athlete now getting paid a lot of money and it all relies on your body being in peak physical condition. So just take care of that constantly and then work on your other parts of your game that that's not just athleticism, but you know, the, the finer, finer attributes of, of route running and, you know, working on your, your hands or your release or whatever. Right. But yeah, at least stay in the, stay in good shape. (laughs) So my last one going in, um, and this wasn't a, you know, kind of going back to your Jalen Rager, this wasn't a hit because I took him, but this was a hit, I guess, because I avoided him. Um, I was telling everybody day one, um, when, when you were looking at the three Ohio state wide receivers between Amiki Akbuka, Julian Fleming, and um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I was bull- we were both bullish on Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I was very bullish on not drafting Julian Fleming. And um, I've got I've got a few receipts that I looked on my phone. And I looked through my Twitter just to make sure that I'm not just blowing smoke. Um, going back to you know the the start of last season and even before that, where I'm telling people, hey, Julian Fleming is a mirage. You don't want to draft Julian Fleming, especially for the price that you're having to pay for him. And right now, if you look at any wide receiver that's on the outs in the Ohio State offense, it's Julian Fleming. Um, so I'm, I'm qualifying that as a hit for myself because I've been I've been preaching to the choir. It feels like for the last season and a half now to not draft Julian Fleming. And I I love that you brought this up because this gets to a point that we probably should have added. We talked about what is a Devi hit. You can you can make an argument that if there's a guy that everybody else is high on. And you say, no way, I'm avoiding this guy like the plague, and you end up being right, that's a that's a hit. I mean, that's a I was right on a guy. You know, sure he didn't provide you value, but who knows? You could have you could have added another player, you know, with the pick instead of taking Fleming because he was a you know, well, he was the number one overall recruit at, at wide receiver. And I did hear reports that, you know, like like Ohio State reports where he's He's currently like running as the the in the top three, so there's a battle between him and Egbuka. And I, I read it and I thought, hmm, is there a is there a pulse here? Is there an opportunity? Or is this the coach just trying to build up a guy that clearly up some has not lived up to his 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 talent and his recruiting ranking? And then he's trying to get something out of him. I you know, you, you don't know, right? I don't know the mentality of the coach there, but I was like, man, yeah, it's it, it would be nice to see him do something, but but yeah, he's man, what a what a bust to this point. He has done absolutely nothing, and you get all these other guys that the opportunity's there, you know, for Ohio State, right? I mean, last, I mean, if, last you're, if you're an goal, Ohio State receiver, you're going to the NFL and you're putting up stats, and every Ohio State receiver has proven that until Julian Fleming, and I don't know what happened, <laughs> right? And and I think that the biggest sign, other than the fact that he barely could see the field, is is the last Rose Bowl when both Olave and Wilson opt out because they want to get ready for the draft, and he still it it wasn't him that that did anything. All of a sudden, oh. That's right, Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm just going to go out and score three touchdowns. Then I mean, there you go. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's uh that that was one of those telltale things where it's like eh, the the actions are speaking louder than the than the than the words. But I don't know if he. I full discretion. I I don't know if he was healthy, but still, it's like man, you got to do something on the field eventually. You're <laughs> you're just going to have to cut bait on the guy. So that is the end of the show sheet. So we are done here. I hope this provide some help, you know, for, for everybody listening again, you know, I think the lessons here are you, you gotta, you gotta sometimes take the value when it's there. Don't be afraid to, to trade high on a guy. Um, yeah, you, you, you traded, you know, like, let's say if, if Matt, you went out and, and traded Xavier worthy right now for a piece, is it possible that, that Xavier worthy will, 
will continue to skyrocket, be a first-round pick, and be a stud in the NFL? Sure, absolutely. But you know that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. He's still two years away. Anything can happen. We know that. So you know you could you could take your your value there because there are there are plenty of examples of guys that we've seen whose Devi value has skyrocketed when they've been in college, but then all of a sudden went down just as quickly. So you gotta you gotta look for that opportunity. But you know, and again, everybody misses. It's part of playing Devi. We love it, but you know, don't don't get gun shy. Don't get down on yourself. Just keep keep grinding. Keep you know, finding people to, to follow that you, you trust. And there's a lot of good resources out there and it's a great community. So hopefully this, uh, this helps with that. Matt, uh, why don't you remind everybody really quick? I know you're at Debbie Matt on Twitter, but what have you got going elsewhere? Yeah. So at Debbie Matt on Twitter, um, currently partnered with the Debbie to dynasty film room with Matt Cooper. Um, we're currently producing Debbie and Debbie and dynasty films. I've got a Keishon Boutte film that, um, is uploaded up there. Um, check that out. I've got a Bryce Young film that I'm getting ready to update and we've just got some other, um, just great films up there. Um, short, short hitters. Um, so make sure to check that out. Like, comment, subscribe. Um, we'd love to sell. We'd love um, to have you over there. Subscribe to the channel. Like I said, doesn't cost you a dime. Um, love to have you guys over there. Um, and then of course, articles and rankings up on the Dynasty Nerds. Awesome. Yeah, the the videos out there are fantastic. I I love that when when people are breaking down film, but you can watch the film while they're talking about it. I mean, that is that is as good as it gets. And absolutely, check that out. Of course, my name is Skip Newton at Skip Newton 31 on Twitter. Would love to chat with anybody, reach out, you know, DM if you need help. And if I don't know the answer, I guarantee you I can find somebody that does. So, you know, no worries there. I'm also doing the Debbie Big Board part of the Rookie Big Board podcast network over there with Matt Hicks and the guys. So we'd love to have you listen to that as well. Thank you for listening. It's great to be back here on the Debbie Happy Hour, part of the Dynasty Happy Hour with Doug, Eddie, and Tyler and James. No, I'm sorry. Doug, Eddie, Tyler, and James. Format. I am Skip. Thanks again for listening. And as always, be a good human.